are the Rookie Phenoms. We have an amazing show for you today. I'm your host, Coop, with my main man, Webb. What up? We have so much to get into today. We are going to break down all of the Week 6 NFL games and talk some NBA divisions. Webb, are you ready for today's show? I'm always ready. You know that. 77% now. You moved up a percent? Basketball's back, baby. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to this now, okay? I have hope for this show. We are going to do two divisions in the Eastern Conference, the Central Division and the Southeast Division today. Break down each team, over-under, roster additions, their draft, strengths, weaknesses. I cannot wait for this. We went real deep in football. We are going to go super, super deep in basketball. Webb, which division today do you want to start with? I'm going to let you choose. You're going to let me choose? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go with um, the Central. Thanks for the permission. I was going to say Central. If you said Southeast, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> 100%. It's the first on my sheet. <laughs> not scrolling down for you. Last season, the team has finished in this order. Milwaukee won the division at 46-26. and 26. Indiana came second at 34 and 38. Chicago was third at 31 and 41. Cleveland finished fourth, 22 and 50. Detroit finished fifth at 20 and 52. Milwaukee was the three seed that ended up winning the championship. Indiana got into the play in game as the nine seed. When last season, Milwaukee won the title. Indiana played decent basketball. Cleveland and Detroit were terrible. Chicago was interesting. What do you remember most about these teams last season in the Central Division? I guess what I remember from the Central Division is just how Milwaukee was pretty much running away with it. And, you know, on both sides of the ball, they've been very strong. And I guess another factor would be uh, the Pacers, who were just riddled with injuries and and really uh, being a disappointment. My takeaway was Milwaukee being clearly, clearly the dominant team. And kind of liking Cleveland for some reason. I have no idea why. I think they're a fun team. I want them to be good. I don't know why, but I root for Cleveland. Let's start the breakdown. Alphabetical order, as always. The Chicago Bulls are up first. Again, last season, they went 31-41. and 41. Their coach is Billy Donovan. Webb, do you like him as a coach? Because I have some issues with Billy D over here. Yeah, I don't mind Billy Donovan as a coach. Um, I'll never forget how he reneged on uh, on the offer he got from Orlando many years ago when he was still at Florida. And I don't mind him as a coach. He's had success. I mean, he's usually had, like, good players, but it's hard to separate that. I don't. I, I know a lot of people think Billy Donovan is overrated. I, I think he's fine. I am one of those people that think Billy Donovan is overrated. He was a great college coach, won two titles, and I have been seriously underwhelmed ever since. I don't have a good feeling about this Chicago team either. But let's get into that. In the draft, they only had one pick. It was in round two, pick eight. Ayo Desanmu, a shooting guard from Illinois. Well, this was one of your favorite players in the draft. You said he would be the steal of the draft. You said he would be the best scorer in this draft. You predicted potential for rookie of the year. You had him going number eight in our mock draft. That's a real thing that you did. He went in the second round. What do you think about Chicago's draft? Let me correct a bunch of things that you said. One, 
I said I would take him number eight. I didn't think he would actually go eight. And you know that. You're a huge troll. Uh, I don't think anyone would have predicted he'd go eight at the time that we were doing our uh, our mocks. Two, I never said he was going to be the best scorer in the draft. Um, or rookie of the year. I think he's great. You're right about one thing. He is one of my favorite players over the past two years. And it, it sucks that he dropped to the second round. And, and, and even worse that he went to Chicago where he's going to be buried in the depth chart. He went to another team to shine. I think he'd be great. I love Ayo Desunmu. He's great. He put Illinois on the map. I hope he honestly gets traded to another team where he can get some, some burn. He's not going to play much. He will be on the Beijing Ducks in two and a half years. So good luck rooting for him there. Wow. Sorry. I'm a That's bold truth teller. That's not happening. I'll, I'll bet a lunch that he doesn't go to the Beijing Ducks or any international team. I'm 85% sure the Beijing Ducks are not a real team name, but they might be. That's close. Does this sound right to you? You're not far off. It's close, right? Yeah. That's okay. Okay. Uh, I don't care about the pick of AO. He's not going to play for Chicago at all. Webb will be proven wrong yet again. Let's get into the free agency, though, Webb, because they made some gigantic moves here. With trades, signings, they got DeMar DeRozan, three years, $85 million from the Spurs. They got Lonzo Ball, four years, $80 million from New Orleans. And they got Alex Caruso, Caruso, four years, $37 million from your Los Angeles Lakers. These were their big signings. Do you like these moves for the Chicago Bulls? Um, I like it in the sense that they got a little bit better defensively on the perimeter. I don't like the DeRozan signing that much, but I don't think the team's worse because of it. Um, so if I had to say if I like it or don't, I'd say I like it. But it's not what Chicago needs to get to the next level, which is the playoffs. I hate the DeRozan money. That's just way too much money for DeMar at this point of his career. I also don't like giving Lonzo four years for 80. Besides being the number two pick overall, has he earned $80 million at all in the NBA with how he's played? Yeah, I'd say so. I think um, $80 million in the NBA is nothing uh, these days, especially when you do it for four years. This guy's in his early 20s. Like you said, number two overall pick. Good defender. Good size. He's like 6'7". Um, good passer. Good court vision. And um, I think his defense and, and his ability to... to to defend when chasing down players. Uh, he's, he's, he's a solid player. I, I don't have an issue with Chicago giving him that money, particularly when they had no real clarity in the point guard position. I think it's going to backfire. Uh, but I think Alex Caruso will be more valuable this season than Lonzo Ball. I don't know if I agree with that because I don't know how much he's going to play. Um, I, Lonzo's definitely going to get minutes because they paid him all that money. Um, it's just going to be hard to have Lonzo, Caruso, DeRozan, and Levine on the court at one time. And I don't think they're going to bench uh, Lonzo with that money. We'll see. Uh, I have some I have some questions about Lonzo's clutch time and closing time abilities, but he was, he was in so many big games in New Orleans, right? In the Lakers, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you're being so hard on Lonzo. Lonzo. He's, he has the attributes of a, of, of a good point guard. The size, the court vision, ability to defend. He's good. You said he has the attributes of a good point guard. Name one Lonzo memory. We're like, that was amazing. That was a huge play by Lonzo. Name one time he did something you remember. Chase down blocks. I remember his defense more than I do his offense. He's, Honestly, a, potential, he's a potential triple-double walking. 
Honestly. How many triple doubles did he have last season? He played that well last season. Zero. But, but he's solid, man. I don't know what you expect. Maybe you expect a lot from Lonzo, and you think that that $80 million is too high. But I think I think it will be okay. I don't think they're expecting Lonzo to change the franchise the the, the franchise around. Like I think I think it's solid. I think he would have gotten that elsewhere too. I predicted Lonzo to be the most improved player last season. So I watched him very closely. He was a constant disappointment. And for someone that never lost, he seems like he loses a whole bunch. And I am done with him and his whole family, besides Lamelo. Lonzo was one of the most improved players this season, not last season, but the season before. And you know, it's it's, it's different now playing with Zion a lot. Um, I think it was just a different, just, just an adjustment. Like it's it's. I believe Alonzo. It might be a little rough, a couple bumps starting out, but I think he's going to be solid. Chicago had some losses as well. They lost Laurie Market in a trade to Cleveland for four years, sixty-seven million dollars. Daniel Tice to Houston for four years, thirty-five million, and Garrett Temple to New Orleans for three years, fifteen million. Losing Marketin seems like an addition by subtraction. By the way, he's always hurt. High potential, top ten pick, but just never healthy, so he can't really help you on the court. Do you think any of these losses will hurt the team? Um, I think they had some other losses as well that that may hurt a little bit more, and that's. So, so no to answer your question. I think they can do without marketing. I think they're a very solid team without marketing. Um, but like Thomas Sadoransky and Garrett Temple, who I thought were very good uh, reserves in the in the backcourt, I think those are big losses. Daniel Tice, I don't know how much he played last year for Chicago. Uh, he's he's a solid um, role player, but I don't know how much he played for Chicago last year. So I don't think losing him is a huge impact. So, no, I think they'll, they'll be okay, except for, um, I think, the guard depth. Well, let's get into their strengths right now. Their starters at point guard, Lonzo Ball. Shooting guard, Zach Levine. Small forward, DeMar DeRozan. Power forward, Patrick Williams. And their center is Nikola Vucevic. They got some interesting some depth here as well. Backup point guard, Kobe White. Backup shooting guard Alex Caruso, Troy Brown Jr. at small forward, Derek Jones Jr. at power forward, Tony Bradley at center, and all the way back on fifth string is Ayo Sonmu. So uh, just give it a little note there. He's the fifth string shooting guard right now, Web. Where do you see the strengths on this roster? Uh, so for me, uh, scoring in the paint particularly, like getting DeRozan, I think that's going to be a plus. Get a little bit of pressure off Zach Levine. These guys are both great scoring inside. Uh, Zach Levine obviously is a is is a great uh, outside shooter. I mean, at least compared to uh, to DeRozan, and he's very much so improved his outside shot. Uh, Zach Levine. Um, so I think I think that's I think that's their real strength, being able to score inside the arc, um, and and I would say also the uh, perimeter defense as well. Not you know so there's Lonzo. Is Caruso. I think that will help. Um, I'm really disappointed in Kobe White. They drafted him just two years ago. He didn't really get him a lot of chance to shine, but they gave him some opportunities and he disappointed. So I, I can understand why they weren't high on him. I have scoring as their strength as well. Zach Levine can get buckets. DeMar can shoot from inside 18 feet. Better than almost anyone in the league. Lonzo can allegedly pass the ball really well. No one's seen it, but apparently he can do it. And... I think Vooch is a really good player. He plays zero defense. 
And he's a good rebounder, great inside scorer. I think this team will put up a lot of points, and that will be their strength. But their weakness is that Lonzo plays okay defense. Caruso plays good defense on the Lakers because no one else played defense. But this team might allow 120 points at night. It is really bad defensively. I, they have no real depth at any big any bigs. Like Tony Bradley isn't great depth. Derek Jones Jr. not great depth. None of these guys to write home about. If they have an injury, which is definitely possible, I think they're in really big trouble. They have like a bunch of guys that are six seven. I just I think this team will be really bad defensively, and I think it's gonna be really hard for them to win games. Unless it's like 125-122. What did you have for their weakness? Yes, yeah, similar things to what you said. It's a very thin team. Uh, I think they also lack an experience. None of these guys here really have experience like some of the other teams in this division. Some of the other teams and the players in the division. DeRozan went to the conference finals. That's probably the most decorated playoff experience, really, on this on this roster. A Caruso won a championship, but like I don't again, I don't know how much he's going to play. And he's also a role player there. So, um, and there's an asterisk on that title. So, whatever. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just a lot of uh, like a lack of clarity. I like Vooch. He's very good. He can do it all on offense. I just don't know how good your team is with him. He doesn't have a lot of playoff experience. He's been very good on on some bad to so so teams. And um, I was looking at some of their stats last season. They're one of the one of the better three point shooting teams, and one of the better rebounding teams and, and passing teams. But they didn't get to the line that much last year. I, I'm thinking with DeRozan on this team now, that's going to help that with him and Zach Levine. They're going to get to the line a lot more, uh, and Caruso as well. As Caruso will drive to the bucket. Um, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, their over under is forty three point five. Do you take the over or the under? This team won thirty one games last year. It was a seventy two. Game season last year. Are they really 12 to 13 wins better than last year? I think I'll take the under. Not the hard under, but the slight under. Give me the hard under. Uh, I don't think this is a 500 team, close to a 500 team. I Zach Levine has proven to be a guy who can score points and lose basketball games. I Vucevic is basically the same guy as Zach Levine. Lonzo just loses games. He doesn't even score the points. So I have very little faith in this team in general. So give me the hard under. All right, Webb, let's move on to Cleveland. Last season, they went 22-50. and 50. Their coach is J.B. Biggerstaff, apparently. Do you like him as a coach? Yeah, I like him. I think he's solid. I think he fits in very well with this team. And Cleveland needs continuity and some some pillars, some some staples in this in this franchise that is just a mess. For the draft, they had one pick. First round, pick three. They took Evan Mobley, a center from USC. A guy I really liked coming out. I don't know if I love him in Cleveland. What do you thought thoughts about Evan Mobley? Not high on him for number three overall. I, you know, I would have taken uh, Suggs. I and if uh, Jalen Green dropped, I would have taken him. Over Mobley. If Chris Bosch is his ceiling or his potential, we have to remember Chris Bosch didn't turn into Chris Bosch, all star Chris Bosch, and future Hall of Fame or eventual Hall of Famer Chris Bosch until uh, a few years down the line. I don't think Cleveland has that time to wait. So I'm not that high on him. I think he'll be fine, but not franchise altering. I think he's going to be really good. 
I just don't get why they did the next thing we're going to talk about and then drafted him, which is they signed Jared Allen. They re-signed him for five years, $100 million. They signed Laurie Marketing four years, $67 million. Those were their two big signings. I don't get why you draft Evan Mobley and then pay Jared Allen $100 million. That doesn't make sense to me. Jeez, it makes sense to you. Yeah, I guess they're hoping that they can develop him into like a stretch four, Evan Mobley, and still have Jared Allen as, as the five, as the cog in the middle, or maybe even flip Jared Allen for something. So I didn't hate it that much. I thought Jared Allen was really valuable. You're a crazy person, but okay. Uh, on Spot Track, it said Cleveland had no free agent losses, which is the first time I've ever seen that. Did you see something different? I think uh, they got rid of some players through trades. Torian Prince, they traded away. Larry Nance, they traded uh, from marketing. So it could be true that they didn't really have free agent losses. Addition by subtraction again. Okay, Webb, what are Cleveland... I'm going to give you their depth chart. You tell me their strengths. At point guard, Darius Garland. At shooting guard, a Darius Garland clone in Colin Sexton. Small forward, Isaac Okoro. Power forward, Evan Mobley, center Jared Allen. On the bench, they have Ricky Rubio, Laurie Markkinen, Kevin Love, and C.D. Osmond. Do you like this team? What are their strengths? Uh, I'm not huge on the team. They have scorers, and I think they improved their outside shooting by getting Denzel Valentine and Laurie Markkinen. Um, and Kevin Love, if he plays, can still hit from outside. Um, so they have scorers. Those are those their strengths. I have their strengths as these guys are kind of good at basketball, but I don't know how they fit. I just have no idea how this team is going to do anything. I'm so confused by what they're building here. They have two small guards so they, that don't play defense, really. I just, yeah, sorry. Let's, let's move on to their weakness. What is this team's weaknesses besides everything? Uh, interior presence, um, Kevin Love. <laughs> Uh, I would say also just having a presence inside defense uh, as a unit. Um, Isaac Okoro is okay. Ricky Rubio is okay. But uh, you know, I'm not high on this team defensively. They were one of the worst defensive teams in the league last year. Um, they allowed the most points per game. Uh, they were bad. They allowed the best three-point shooting percentage. Uh, they, were, they, were, they were really bad. They were really bad. Um, oh, sorry. Sorry about that. They were... Third in three point percentage allowed, and second in uh, field goal percentage allowed. On offense, they were really bad. They were, they scored the least amount of points, fewest points in the league, and just were bad in all the offensive categories. Under strengths, I actually wrote NA, so that's where I was on on this team. And the weakness is I, I said better than what I said. <laughs> I wrote Kevin Love is still there until he gets bought out, and this team is so young. I just they have no like proven veterans on the team that, that you believe in. I just, I have no faith in this team whatsoever, which is why their over under is only 27.5 wins. What side of this coin are you on web? I'm going to give you a hint. I'm on a hard under. And why well, I, I wouldn't go hard under because they won 22 last year. To me, this is a real push, man. Real push. I'm good. It's a real push. Ben Center Web, make a choice, okay? Be a man. To me, they got a little better. They got Mobley, they got Rubio, they got Markinen, they got Valentine. Kept Jared Allen. 22 games, sorry, 22 wins last year. 
Over under is twenty seven. You said twenty seven point five. So twenty eight's the over. Twenty seven's the under. Give me the slight over. I'll take. I'll take twenty eight. I'll take that. This team is not that bad that they can't win six more games than last year. No, it is that bad. It really is that bad. I think you're confused. I think you're very, me, very confused. Give me the slight over. All right, Webb. Let us move on to the Detroit Pistons. Last season, they went 20-52. and 52. They got the number one pick in the draft. They were objectively bad. Their coach, still Dwayne Casey. Do you like him as a coach? Yeah, he's okay. I was... I'll say this. I was very surprised that he got a contract extension. I didn't expect him to continue with the Pistons. When I said Dwayne Casey was the coach, the way you looked at me, I thought he got fired. I was like, did I get this wrong too? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think he is <laughs> ab- objectively not good coach. And I would be fine with him being fired. I just think Detroit knows they have nothing else. They have nobody. Yeah, I was. I think that was one of the more shocking moments when I heard that Dwayne Casey was getting an extension. Yeah. They offered to me the head coaching job, but they said they'd only pay me in burritos. And I was like, like calm it down. Give me like 25 bucks to per game. And they said no dice. So Dwayne Casey got the job back. Sounds very realistic. And I'm sure that happened. I could definitely be hating burritos. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the draft. Round one, pick one. They took Cade Cunningham, a guard from Oklahoma State. Round two, pick seven. They took JT Thor, power forward from Auburn. Round two, pick 12, they took Isaiah Livers, power forward from Michigan. And round two, pick 22, they took Luke Garza, a center from Iowa. Sorry, Luca Garza. I remember pre-draft, you loved Luca Garza, Webb. We both had our issues with Cade Cunningham, but thought he would go number one. What are your thoughts on Detroit's draft? I thought they had a solid draft. Cade Cunningham, Isaiah Livers, who I really like coming out of Michigan. Luca Garza, um, who a lot of teams slept on. I think he's good. And I think he will do very well in Detroit. I think he'll have a longer career than people expect. I think he'll fit in very well as a as a, as a someone who can shoot the ball and, and score the ball well. Um, thought it was good. That was a good draft. Uncharacteristic of Detroit. I think Detroit had to take Cade Cunningham because if they didn't, he would get killed. They would get killed in the media. But I am not convinced he will be the best player in this class in five years. I think he might be the safest. But I don't think he'll be the best player in this draft. So I have my doubts about what Detroit did. But hopefully I am wrong. In free agency, they made some signings. Kelly Olnick, three years, $37 million from Houston. And Hamadou Diallo, two years, $10 million. They re-signed him. I'm a big Kelly Olnick guy. I don't love the money. What do you think about this deal, Webb? Yeah, it seems like Detroit, over the last 20 years or so, have just been throwing money at guys. Maybe not 20 years, maybe the last 15 years. Throwing money at guys like, like Ben Gordon, Charlie Villanueva, uh, Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley, um, there's a whole host of guys that they threw money at, and it just didn't make sense at the time. And Kelly Olynyk had a really good season last year when he got traded to Houston. I'm not crazy about the the money that they gave him, but I mean, he wanted to get paid. He's gonna get a lot of minutes. Yeah, that's kind of how I look at it too. He's gonna get play. He's gonna play. So they get minutes, you'll probably do okay, but a lot of money for him. They had some losses. They lost Wayne Ellington one year, $2.6 million to the Lakers. And a guy I forgot was on Detroit, DeAndre Jordan, one year, $2.6 million, also to the Lakers. These are no big deals at all, and I don't think we need to discuss them. Do you disagree with that? Sorry, the Wayne Ellington deal? 
Is that the only one that you don't want to discuss, or are there others? Both. J- DeAndre Jordan as well. Oh, yeah. Well, he never played for them. Exactly. So, wasn't... But they also uh, they lost Mason Plumley, not through free agency, but um, they did trade him away. I think that I think that hurts their depth. It's kind of a logjam between him and, and Isaiah Stewart, but uh, he's a solid. Mason Plumley is a solid role player. Yeah, it's just the money. They, he didn't deserve the money that he got. Yeah, um, Mason Plumley can. We'll get to him later. We'll get to him later. Webb, what are this? Te- I'll give you. Sorry, I'll give you the depth chart. Their point guard is Killian Hayes. Shooting guard, Cade Cunningham. Small forward, Sadiq Bey. Power forward, Jeremy Grant. Center, Isaiah Stewart. Their key backups are Kelly Olenek, Hamadou Diallo, Josh Jackson, and Trey Lyles. What is this team's strengths? I have to dig deep for this one, but uh, I would say they have wings who can score. Sadiq Bey can score. Josh Jackson can score. Cade Cunningham can score. Uh, Jeremy Grant is a tweener. He can score. Uh, they have guys who can score on on, on the wing. Like, um, yeah, that's that's really what I see right there. It's not a very well built team at all. Uh, for strengths, I wrote down Cade Cunningham and Jeremy Grant, and that was it, because they don't do anything particularly well as a team. They have two good players that I like. That's about it. That's fair. A lot of weaknesses, though, Webb. Quite a bit. Uh, my first line is this roster in general. So I uh, take your pick. The whole team is weak to me. Uh, I think they're going to be in line for the number one pick as well next year, probably. So I think there are weaknesses all throughout this roster. And it's a very young team. Killian Hayes is a nothing. Cunningham's a rookie. Sadiq Bay's in his second year. Isaiah Stewart's in his second year. I think, yeah, I just, I have very little faith in this team. Team's not great. I don't think they improve very much. Uh, I agree with you. I have their weaknesses as size because they lack it. Uh, depth because they obviously lack it. And I, along with size, I don't think they're going to rebound particularly well. The team was not a very good rebounding uh, unit last year. And uh, they weren't good at all on offense, period. So it's going to be a long year, I think. Their over-under is 25.5. So 26 wins for the over, 25 for the under. What do you have here? Under. I uh, recognize that this team won 20 games last year. I don't think they're that good to do much better than that. So I can see 21, maybe 22 games. If they won, if they lost, sorry, if they won 19, because Cade Cunningham gets hurt early on and they just decide to preserve him and don't bring him back, I can see that too. So take, give me the under. I will also take the under. I have very little faith in this team. I think Dwayne Casey... Will not be the co- first coach fired, but he probably should be. So, yeah. Let's move on to Indiana. The Pacers. Last season, they were one of the most injured teams in the league. And they still went 34-38. and 38. Respectable record. They fired their coach, who apparently everybody hated in the world, and got Rick Carlisle from Dallas. Do you like this as their new coach? Yeah, their new old coach. Um... I thought for sure Rick Carlisle was going to Milwaukee. That's no that's no secret. Until Milwaukee actually made it out of the second round and obviously won the championship and the rest is history. But I like Rick going back to India. A lot of people forgot that he was there. Um, it's a great documentary on Netflix, by the way. I don't for the life of me remember what it's called, but it's on the Malice of the Palace. So maybe you checked it out. Maybe you know what it's called. I think it's called Bad Sport. No, it's not that one. That's a, that's a recent one. 
It's not bad sports. It's like a series of different. Uh, oh, sorry, no. Bad sports, but the Canadian figure skating one. I watched the one you're talking about too. It was good though. I watched them both. Yeah. But yeah, so he was there. He's back. Uh, you know, almost two decades later. Uh, but I like it. They were they were wrong to get rid of Nate McMillan, obviously, um, and bring in this subpar Nate, which according to Coop is a conspiracy theory because they were too lazy to get rid of the uh, the name tags. That's a real thing, I think. That's a <laughs> that's one of the best conspiracy theories I ever had. That's pretty there good. So, there was so much Coach Nate merch. They were like, we've invested too much into this. We can't get rid of it. Let's just hire another Nate. They gotta hire a maintenance man for the day to come in and like take the name off the door. That's a lot of work. That's a big thing. Reprint like forms, legal documents. They just had Nate coach Nate with an X. That's all they did. It's much easier. It's probable, and it makes sense based on how quickly they fired his butt. Seriously, I love Coach Carlisle. I loved how he exited Dallas. I think more than anything I've seen in a long time. Basically throwing Luka Doncic and Jason Kidd under the bus in one short letter. It was just really well done. He is one of the pettiest coaches in basketball. And I think he will do great things in Indiana. I'm looking forward to seeing him on the sidelines. In the draft, they had three picks. Round one, pick 13, they took Chris Duarte, shooting guard from Oregon. One of the oldest players in the draft. In round two, pick 24, they took Sandrew Mamuk Lavashvili. Center from Seton Hall. And round two, pick 30, they took Georgios Kalazakis, point guard for Greece. I think they took the two guys with the hardest names in this draft just to screw with me. Webb, what are your thoughts on this draft class? Yeah, I thought it was solid. I thought the Duarte um, selection, wow, my vocabulary is just toast. Uh, the Duarte pick was was great. I think it's it surprised me, but I think it fits. And uh, you know, you always say I'm someone who doesn't support Canadians. I want Chris Duarte to do well. I think Chris Duarte will play well on this team because he was one of the most NBA-ready guys. He has one of the highest motors in this draft class. I think Carlisle can play him without too much worry pretty easy, pretty early on. I think he'll get some run. The other guys, I'm not sure they're even coming over yet, so we'll see if they make the team in three years. They were kind of quiet in free agency, Web. They re-signed TJ McConnell, four years, $33 million, And they signed Tory Craig, two years, $10 million from Phoenix. I kind of like the TJ McConnell trade, but signing, by the way. He is sneaky, athletic, and kind of a good player. I don't hate him. What do you think about these signings? Yeah, I thought, well... I thought McConnell got a little bit too much, but he's really a Swiss Army knife. I like him too. Solid, solid player. Great reserve. Um, and I like the Tory Craig pick as well. Sorry, the Tory Craig signing. I've always liked Tory Craig. And I kind of like when these teams in the middle, like that are on the cusp of making the playoffs and even being like a, a sort of fourth or fifth seed, uh, Take these players who went to the finals, who have a lot of experience, like Tory Craig coming off a finals appearance uh, this year. I like them bringing in that experience into the club. I agree. It's a good thing. And they had one big loss, Doug McDermott, three years, $42 million San Antonio. He, I read an article by Zach Lowe on ESPN where he went deep on Doug McDermott and Sabonis' playtime together. And apparently they were super good playing together. And when they were not together, they did not play as well. So I think losing him may hurt more 
than people realize at this time. What do you think about those Dougie, Dougie, Doug McBuckets? Yeah, I mean, Doug McDermott's going to have um, uh, a long career in the NBA as well because I think he's going to be able to shoot well. I actually like him going to San Antonio quite a bit uh, for the Spurs. Yeah, I definitely think that they'll, they'll feel that as well. Um, did we mention Isaiah Jackson as one of the, the Pacers uh, draft picks? We did not. I think it was a trade. I don't remember if they actually picked him. Okay. I think it was like an, ac- an acquisition. I don't know if they actually selected him directly, but whatever. I think he'll be solid as well, good depth for, for this team. Okay. Let's get into their roster. Their depth chart, point guard, Malcolm Brogdon. Shooting guard, Karis LeVert with a broken back. Small forward, TJ Warren. Power forward, Demonis Sabonis. Center, Miles Turner. Their key backups, TJ McConnell, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holliday, and Chris Duarte. Also, Brad Wanamaker a little bit there. Webb, what do you think of this, is the strength of this team? I think hands down uh, scoring. Scoring is a strength of this team. So another strength is the depth. They have two really good units that I think will help them on a team that's going to be hurt. This team cannot avoid injury. I'm not wishing anything on them, but I just can see they have injury-prone players. The entire uh, starting lineup is injury-prone and has missed a lot of time. Due to injuries. Malcolm Brogdon gets hurt all the time. Karis LeVert couldn't even go through college without getting hurt. TJ Warren missed the entire year last year. Sabonis has issues. Miles Turner can't stay healthy. Jeremy Lamb tore his ACL uh, a year or two ago. Um, this team can't stay healthy, so they're going to need the depth. Now, I have the strengths as their big men. I like Sabonis, and Miles Turner was playing like a monster before he got hurt last season. I think he was averaging like three or four blocks a game. He was killing it. If Brogdon and Levert can stay healthy, which they probably can't, great backcourt and really good depth. But I agree with you for their weakness. It's injury concerns in the whole roster. Everyone here is always hurt. They need the depth because those guys are going to be starting a lot of games for them. And they have no true elite number one scorer. They don't have a guy you can rely on in the closing minutes to get you a bucket. They got a couple guys that get, like are decent, but they have no elite number one scorer which I think will hurt them come playoff time. Interesting that you said that. I agree with most of what you said, but I would say uh, they need more size. I don't think they're big enough. I like Sabonis. I like Miles Turner on paper. Playing, I like Sabonis a lot. Miles Turner, like you said, he was like a, one of the early candidates for Defensive Player of the Year last year. Uh, he was playing really, really well, but I still think they're very uh, thin in the front court when it comes to size. They were one of the worst rebounding teams uh, in the league, and they gave up uh, quite a uh, quite a a lot of uh, rebounds on the defensive end. So um, I'm not really high on them when it comes to that. They need to fortify the the rim protection um, as well. Okay, their over under is forty two point five. Are you going over or under? I'm gonna go over, taking the slide over. I think this team won thirty four games with no TJ. Uh, Warren, with everyone hating Coach Nate Bjorkgren, and with the starting lineup missing so many, uh, so, missing so many uh, uh, cohesive games when they're together, they won 34 games. This team can definitely win 43 games. Give me the over. I'm taking the over as well. This is an easy over for me. I think this team will win more than 43 games. I like the Pacers this year if they stay healthy, which is a huge if. But I think they will stay healthy enough. I'm taking the over. You know we both agreed to so they're winning 25 games this year, right? 
Probably like our football picks, yeah. <laughs> Milwaukee's up next. Last season, they went 46-26 and 26 and won the NBA championship. Their coach got an extension, Coach Mike Budenholzer. Coach Bud, we both thought he would be fired last season. Do you like him as the coach for this team, Web? I don't know, but I cannot justify him being let go after what happened last year. It's hard for me to say that I think Bud should be here because if it weren't for Kyrie getting hurt, Milwaukee would have been out of the second round. Um, and, you know, it was really good good fortune, I guess, for Milwaukee that there were the injuries and they were able to get through. So I like it for the continuity. They won a championship. Yes, he should continue because he got them there. But I can't do a complete 180 and say that I think that he's he should still be there. I think he's a good coach. But I don't know. In Milwaukee, eh. Okay. I think he should have been fired, but he won a title, so I guess he gets to stay. But two more years and he's gone because he's very oh, underwhelming. Yeah. In the draft, <laughs> they only had one pick. Round two, pick one, Isaiah Todd, power forward from the G League. I think we can kind of move right past this web. Do you agree? Oh, yes. Okay. In free agency, they signed Bobby Portis, two years, $9 million, re-signing. They got George Hill from Philly, two years, $8 million. They got Rodney Hood from Toronto for one year, $2.2 million. Bobby Portis was one of their MVPs in the playoffs, in the finals, really. So I like that move. Besides that, kind of math, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. I Well, I like I like George Hill. I like George Hill. He's one of those players that he's in his mid-30s, and he just continues to, to play well. I like George Hill. He was on Milwaukee before, so he's back um, years later. And I don't mind the Grayson Allen acquisition, but other than that, eh. They only brought Grayson Allen in so people would hate Dante DiVincenzo less. That was it. Uh, in free agency, they lost B.J. Tucker to Miami for two years, $14 million, and Bryden Forbes to San Antonio for one year, $4.5 million. I've been saying for a long time, B.J. Tucker is not good at basketball. I think that was a good loss, but I kind of like Bryn Forbes a little bit, so I think that might hurt them a little bit sneaky, sneakily. I think they lost quite a bit. Bryn Forbes is a great shooter for them. Uh, B.J. Tucker, the toughness, I like that he was he was there. I think that's a loss. And Jeff Teague, um, for his his ability to be a sort of two way player, reserve might hurt them as well, but not not in a major way. Not in any way. Their roster: Drew Holiday, point guard; Dante DiVincenzo, shooting guard; Chris Middleton, small forward; Giannis at power forward; and Brooke Lopez at center. Their key depth guys are George Hill, Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, Bobby Portis. Semi Ojale, that's enough, I think. What do you think is this team's strengths? Uh, defense, especially on the perimeter and even on the on the interior inside the paint. Uh, this team can lock you down. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, uh, and even Giannis if Giannis is guarding the perimeter, and then inside the paint, Giannis, Brook Lopez, um, Bobby Portis. Uh, I think I think it's a very good defensive team, like through in in. in through in and out, and uh, yeah, I I guess I'd also have to say um, like the cohesion, like the continuity of the team, like Middleton, Giannis, Brook Lopez, DiVincenzo, and Drew Holiday, Bobby Portis. They've been together for for a little while now. Drew Holiday and Bobby Portis being the more recent additions, but 
they have that continuity, so I think that's going to help the chemistry. I think chemistry is one of their strengths as well. I think this team is elite defensively with Drew Hall and Giannis, and Chris Middleton is okay at basketball, I guess. I had to take it on the chin last year when he won a title, but this year I'm back to hating him, baby. I'm back on board. Let's go. I'd, um, I'd also say, did you, sorry, do you have any more to add? Strength? Uh, just Giannis being the best player in basketball right now. That's their last strength. I was going to say outside shooting, so perimeter shooting. Um, but what are they going to do without P.J. Tucker making his zero shots a game again? <laughs> Tucker's valuable, man. I don't care what you say. Uh, Tucker's valuable. So Middleton, DiVincenzo, Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, and Drew Holiday. And Brooke Lopez, of course, can all hit from outside. I think this team does not have too many weaknesses. I think they're a pretty strong team all around. But I think... Their weakness is Chris Middleton because he's terrible at basketball. That's a joke. I don't like Brook Lopez that much. I think he's too hit and miss. I think Bobby Portis isn't too reliable. I like Giannis at the five more. I don't think they have a great depth at the, at the big position. I think Bobby Portis got hot for like 10 days. I'm not sure you can rely on him for a full season. That's fair. It uh, kind of overlaps with what I was, was going to say. They're kind of thin. Um, in general, I think this second unit is a little weaker than last year's. Um, and I also, I'm going to say free throws. That's a weakness. Dude, Hakayanis late in the game. I know it backfired on those teams in the finals, but, um, yeah, I have free throws. This team's over under is 54.5. I have the over here. This team is a champion for a reason. They will not win under 54 games. What do you have? Oh, it's tight, man. It's, 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 it's tight. That's a really good what they did, because 55 to me is exactly where I think it's team. 54.5. <sighs> I'm going to say under. Slight. Slight. Very interesting. Very interesting. Okay. Not, be- not because they're worse, just because this team is going to get hurt, and they're going to rest their players because they want to go back to the finals. Sounds like you hate Milwaukee. Okay. This division, I have it finishing 1-5. to five. Milwaukee. Indiana, Chicago, Cleveland, Detroit. Did you put it in order as well? Yeah, that would be that would be my order as well. I think that's pretty straightforward from what we've been saying. Okay. Let's move on to the Southeast Division. Last season, did they finish like this? Atlanta won the division at 41 and 31. Miami finished second at 40 and 32. Washington finished third, 34 and 38. Charlotte was fourth, 33 and 39. And Orlando came in last at 21 and 51. Atlanta was the five seed in the playoffs. Miami was the sixth seed in the playoffs. Washington got into the play in game as the eighth seed. Charlotte got into the play in game as the 10 seed. What was your big takeaway from this division last season besides it being pretty underwhelming? It was the difference in performance for the Atlanta Hawks once they fired. Um, once they fired uh, their the former coach, whose name is slipping. No right. one knows his name. I couldn't remember it earlier today either. Can I tell you now? Tell me the initials. L P. Lloyd Pierce. That's there who it is. Lloyd Pierce. Okay. Yeah, I think Lloyd this division <laughs> totally turned around when Atlanta got rid of Lloyd, Lloyd Pierce, brought in Coach Nate McMillan, the good Nate, and they took off. And yeah, I was a big fan of Atlanta at the end of the season. They made me a believer. I used to hate Trey Young. And now I like him a little bit. I, he still bothers me as a person, 
but I don't hate him like I used to. I I love Trey. I've I've liked Trey. I didn't really like him that much in college. I thought they were trying to do this carbon copy of stuff, and it wasn't going to work. But ever since I start, I, I saw him in his rookie year. He's been great, um, and I wasn't that surprised by his play last year. Anyway, let's continue. I can talk about let's get Trey to, for days. Let's get to Atlanta. Last season, they went forty-one and thirty-one. And their coach is Nate McMillan. Good job there. I love Coach Nate. I thought he shouldn't have been fired in Indiana. And I was mad Atlanta didn't make him the full-time head coach until way too late in the season. They kept the interim tag on way too long. But I'm glad he's the full-time coach now. He definitely deserved it. I agree, buddy. Um, Yeah, Nate sort of had a raw deal. He's always been a good coach, and he's always going to have a place in the league. Head coach of Portland, head coach of Indy, and now Atlanta, and it's in the conference finals. Like a lot of uh, expectations on Nate this season. Yeah, good job. In the draft, round one, pick twenty, they took Jalen Johnson, a small forward from Duke. Round two, pick eighteen, they took Sharif Cooper, point guard from Auburn. I like Jalen Johnson a little bit. I like these Duke guys in the twenties. I think they're pretty good. What are you laughing at, Webb? I thought you were gonna say you loved Jalen Johnson. You're like, I like Jalen Johnson. A little bit. <laughs> Might as well have said nothing about it. <laughs> I don't love him. I like taking guys with high pedigrees later in the draft. I think there's good value. Uh, who is the point guard in Orlando you like so much? Well, Anthony. Exactly. Later, round one pick, played really good basketball. These high upside guys who are elite high school players who maybe didn't do so much in college. I think there's upside there in the NBA. I like the taking the risk of Jalen Johnson there. What did you think about this draft? Yeah, it was fine. Like I think Atlanta has a good infrastructure. Um, of course, they have weaknesses, but um, yeah, it was fine. Atlanta, Atlanta's a solid team, so um, yeah, I was, I, I was okay with it. And they stayed solid in free agency. They re-signed John Collins five years, one hundred twenty-five million. They re-signed Lou Williams one year, five million. And they got Gorgie Dang from San Antonio for one year, $4 million. I would not have paid John Collins anywhere close to this money. And Lou Williams is fine. What are your thoughts? Uh, they also added uh, TLC, Timothy Luwalu uh, Cabaret, um, who I thought was solid. Um, John Collins, uh, I, yeah, the money makes me a little... I think he should have been paid because I think John Collins is a, is a really good player. $25 million a year is a lot. Um, yeah, I, I see your concern, though. They had, some, they had one loss in free agency I thought was worth mentioning. Tony Snell, one year, $2.3 million to Portland. That's just something little. Yeah. I like this team, though, I, I do. I think it's got some interesting strengths. Their starters, Trey Young at point guard, shooting guard, baby bogey, small forward, DeAndre Hunter, power forward, John Collins, center, Clint Capella. Their key backups, DeLon Wright, Lou Williams. Kevin Herter, Danilo Gallinari, Gorgie Dang, Cam Reddish, Solomon Hill. Just so much depth, Web. I have that as one of their strengths. What, are, what do you have as their strength? Uh, I have the scoring. So they have a lot of scorers, like guy, guys that can sort of create their own shot, like obviously Trey Young, maybe Bogey, uh, Kevin Herter, Gallo. So, and, and, but depth is, a, depth is a definitely a good, uh, a good strength of theirs. Um, outside shooting, again, Trey, maybe Bogey. DeAndre Hunter can hit threes, the 3 and D guy. Uh, John Collins can hit the three sometimes. Uh, Kevin Herter, 
Cam Reddish, Gallo again, Gorgie Deng can hit from outside. And uh, getting to the line, I think they'll get to the line uh, quite a lot, especially with Trey. We'll see what the new rules that the NBA brought in, if that's going to affect him. Um, it will. Getting to the line. You hate Trey so much. Trey's For, amazing. I hate that move in general. The rule we're talking about is where a defender's leaning forward and you basically fake like you're going to shoot to get a penalty. Some wanted to call it the Trey Young rule because he abused it so badly last season. Others call it the James Harden rule. Steph Curry rule. It's the players I hate rule, basically, because it's so annoying to see someone do this. That's all I'm saying. The weakness on this team, though, Webb, for me, is their defense. Trey Young, not a great defender. Clint Capella, not a great defender. He's okay, but he's kind of small for a center. Lou Williams plays no defense. Gallinari plays no defense. How is Kevin Herter one of your best defenders? There's an issue there. I just, I don't think this is a great defensive team by any by any means. What do you have as their weakness? Uh, Inside the paint, sort of in line with what you're saying, but they're very small. Uh, this team is obviously built to stretch the floor, with the exception of Capella. Um, so that I think you're going to be able to score on them inside easily, out rebound them easily. Um, they're a good rebounding team on offense, but I think you're going to be able to get a lot of uh, offensive rebounds on them, and. Uh, I think you're right about uh, the defense. DeAndre Hunter is solid. Kevin Herter is okay. I feel like when, <laughs> whenever like some of the journalists start to talk about players that they really like, coincidentally, they're always good defenders. Like random guys that you've never even thought of. Like, is he really a good defender? Oh yeah, this person who I really like is also a good defender. Sometimes I'm 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 wondering because years later it just seems like they're not good anymore on defense. I can tell you why that is. And I know the answer to this. It's because the coaches on those teams want everyone to play defense. So they talk up the one guy who's playing defense so the other guys hear about it. So they tell those reporters, hey, this guy plays great defense. This guy's a great defender. They'll tell five reporters, hope it's in all the papers, so other players get jealous. Yeah, maybe that, that would make sense. Because you can't tell me, like, player the player who's ranked 320th in the league is this amazing 3 and D guy who gets 11 minutes per game. Like, it's it's crazy how I always hear this. But that's not Kevin Herter. I'm just talking about in general. I just hear, so-and-so is a great defender. I'm like, ugh. I will not stand for any Kevin Herter slander on this podcast for many reasons. We both know what they are. He saved their Ooh. playoffs in some games. He won them a playoff game. He had like 32 in a game. It was, made no sense. It was yeah. great. When they were he cold, more minutes. Was, yeah, when, when they were cold, he was, he was definitely uh, a consistent uh, offensive piece. And the fact that he was left off Team USA is an outrage. Okay, the over-under. <laughs> I couldn't even say that was straight face. <laughs> the over-under for Atlanta is 47.5. What are you thinking here, Webb? Again, that's a good number, man. I could see them getting 49, but I could also see them getting 46. Last year, they won 41. They won 41 games last year, just for the record. So everyone knows again. Good. Give me the under. You say 47 and a half? Give me the under. Slight under. Give me the over because I love Trey Young. I believe in this guy. Always have, always will. Trey Young getting the over here. This is the Trey Young Support Podcast by Coop. And Webb thinks they will fold under pressure this season after making the Eastern Conference Finals last year. I hate you so much. Fair. Let's move on to Charlotte, Webb. Their coach is James Borrego. And last season they went 33 and 39. 
one of the most injured teams in basketball. Do you like Borrego as a coach? Yeah, I do. He's passionate, fiery. I think the players like him too. I like him. Me too. He seems like a smart guy. And I always see videos of him playing basketball with guys before the game, which I find interesting. That's cool. Way to relate. Yeah. He's not good. <laughs> in the draft, they took James Booknight, round one, pick 11, a shooting guard from UConn. In round two, pick 26, they took Scotty Lewis, a shooting guard from Florida. Round two, pick 27, they took Vysak Koparivica, a center from Florida State. And they traded for Kai Jones, I believe, a center from Texas. I liked Book Night before the draft. I thought Kai had some interesting upside. What did you think about these draft picks? I liked their draft. James Booknight was still available for them. Ooh, he really uh, catapulted uh, throughout the, the, the draft, throughout the later parts. Uh, it's crazy when players get this buzz late. I think he's going to be good. I think he was solid throughout the preseason. Um, I like what Charlotte did. And, and Kai Jones, just shore up that interior. That front court, don't mind it. I heard from scouts before the draft that Kai Jones, if you just saw his highlights, he looked like a top five player in the draft. Because the highlights were so athletic and crazy, but the lowlights were insane as well. So, and... <laughs> it's a lot book, of... Yeah, it's high and low there. Yeah. And book night, some people had him going sixth in the draft. They had him going really high. And he fell to 11 because teams didn't fall for that. Except for Toronto, which took Scotty Barnes at four for some reason, but we'll get to that later. He hasn't looked bad, though. He hasn't looked bad. I don't care. I, I, still hate don't forever. Think, I still don't think they should have done it either, but he hasn't looked bad. In free agency, they signed Kelly Oubre, two years, $25 million from Golden State. And Ishmael Smith, two years, $9 million from Washington. I have never been the biggest Kelly Oubre fan, but even I know there's pretty good value for him. It's not, not a lot of money. I like this signing. I think he can play in this lineup. I think it's it's a really good deal for them. Yeah, they also got uh, Mason Plumlee, uh, which I thought was a very sneaky trade. And uh, they added uh, Terry Rogier. So I think they had a, a good offseason. I like the Ubre pickup. I'm not a huge Ubre guy, but again, he's one of these quote-unquote three and D guys. Had a really good year in Phoenix that year and a little bit in Washington. He wasn't good on Golden State at all. Um, and I like Ishmet. As you would say, he's a professional basketball player. He's solid. He's always going to have a role in the league. He plays hard. And he can fill in for guys and do well. I agree. They had some losses. They let Devontae Graham leave four years, $47 million to New Orleans. Cody Zeller got one year, $2.3 million to Portland. And Malik Monk got one year, $1.7 million to your Los Angeles Lakers. I think this Graham loss is kind of big. He played really well for them last year. He was kind of impressive. So I think that might hurt them a little bit. Malik Monk has been super overrated since he got in the league. He's done nothing almost. And Cody Zeller, he was kind of a big name a few years ago, but he's been underwhelming for a while too. So I don't think it'll hurt them that much. Yeah, Devontae Graham was a high-volume guy. They brought in Rozier, another high-volume guy. Uh, yeah. I mean, they sorry, they re-signed Roger. Sorry about that. They had Roger before. Um, but I'm not that... I don't see an issue with losing Devontae Graham. I think you can... Book Knight or, or, or with Uber, you can make up that squaring. <laughs> this team's roster at point guard, LaMelo Ball. Shooting guard, Terry Rozier. Small forward, Gordon Hayward for 10 games. 
At power forward, Miles Bridges. And at center, Mason Plumley. Their key backups are Ish Smith, Kelly Oubre, PJ Washington, James Booknight, and Kai Jones. What are this team's strengths, Webb? Yeah, so for me, the guard depth is one of their strengths. Uh, LaMelo Ball, who I'm very high on and I thought should have gone number one last year. Uh, and I guess that looks pretty good so far, even though he missed a good number of games with a broken hand. Um, Terry Rogier, uh, Ish Smith, James Booknight. I also have uh, Cody Martin, who I, I like. Um, I think they have a nice, uh, a nice sort of roster of guards. Um, and also versatility, scoring the basketball. Lamelo has his his ability to get to the basket and score. Terry Rogier is a kind of gunner. Gordon Hayward uh, can operate inside and and also score from outside. Miles Bridges can get to the bucket. They have different ways that they can score on this team. P.J. Washington. Um, I just think that there's a lot of versatility on this team on offense. I think this team is one of the most fun teams in basketball. Lamelo is much must watch every night. Rozier is pretty fun. Gordon Hayward will be good for 25 games. And then you're going to miss him for the rest of the year. When he got that contract, we couldn't believe it. And we are not shocked at how he's done. Because he doesn't play very much. He's always hurt. And that is this team's weakness. A lot of these guys are injured a lot. Lamelo injured as a rookie. Hayward always injured. Mason Plumlee looks like he'd be injured a lot. And I don't love their big man depth. I don't like Plumlee very much. Kai Jones is probably two years away from being able to contribute on a on a real basis night to night. I just I don't love the their in I don't love the defense they can provide at the rim. I just think they'll be pretty easy to score on inside. I agree with you. I think it's a very small team. Mason Plumlee's the big man. Kai Jones is a big man. PJ Washington is undersized. I agree, and I think uh, I think they may rely on guys like Terry Rozier, who's not the most efficient scorer, and James Booknight. We have to see how he's gonna factor in. Is he gonna be a gunner? Uh, like you said, injuries. Gordon Hayward's going to go down. Miles Bridges is gonna get hurt as well. He's really underwhelming uh, so far. So it's gonna be interesting to see. Hey Webb, this team's over under is thirty eight point five. Last season they went thirty three and thirty nine. Are you taking the over or the under? Hard over. Very much so. I'm high on this team. Okay, interesting. Because I'm taking the under. Nice. I, I just don't think they'll stay healthy. I don't. I'm, I'm not. I don't believe in the health enough. If they are healthy, for 82 games. This is a 44 win team, 45 win team. I just think Lamelo will miss 15 games. Hayward will miss half the year. I just think this team's gonna get hurt. I don't know what they're doing with the training staff. I just yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be too hard to put to win that many games. Yeah, it sucks. Still going to go with the hard over, which you're saying makes sense. That team's too good. I'm too excited for this team. They had one of my favorite off-seasons in the NBA. Uh, I thought they really improved their roster this off-season. We shall see. The Miami Heat are up next. Last season, they went 40-32. and 32. They still have the same coach, Eric Spolstra. I think he is one of the best coaches in basketball. Huge fan there. I think Miami has a great coaching staff. Oh, 100%. One of the best coaches and one of the most, uh, one of the longest tenured coaches. Actually, I'm trying to remember, he might be the longest after Pop. Um, but yeah, great, great coach. Obviously, uh, won several titles. Really respected. In the draft, they had zero draft picks. I found it to be interesting. 
You don't really see that very often. A team with no draft picks. So good for Miami. Starting out a new new trend in the league. <laughs> they went heavy in free agency, though. Paid a lot of money. They re-signed Duncan Robinson, five years, $90 million. They traded for Kyle Lowry and gave him a contract of three years, $85 million from Toronto. They signed Webb's Defensive Player of the Year, P.J. Tucker, for two years, $14 million from Milwaukee. They got Markeith Morris from the Lakers for one year, $2.6 million. They re-signed Victor Oladipo for one year, $2.3 million. They re-signed Dwayne Dedman, one year, $2.3 million. And they re-signed Udonis Haslam for one year, $2.6 million. Because he is a coach. Well, I, I like Duncan Robinson. I thought that's a lot of money for him. I thought that's way too much money and too many years for Kyle Lowry. Yeah, I think I don't like those moves, really. I think that's way too much money for those two guys. What do you think? Yeah, I thought Duncan Robinson got a lot of money. Uh, they also extended Jimmy Butler as well. Um, Lowry, I like it because I think they're trying. I think Milwaukee's, sorry, Miami's trying to make a, almost like a mini Milwaukee. Um, very much so a 3 and D team, I think. They addressed a lot of um, a lot of issues and a lot of things that teams would want. They brought in guys that are three and D guys, basically. Kyle Lowry, PJ Tucker, despite what you think, Keith, Marquise Morris. Old Depot is more of a D guy than a three uh, a three point um, specialist or a guy that can hit the three. Um, and obviously Duncan Robinson can hit the three and, uh, like crazy. Um, so I actually like what Miami did. Maybe they over overspent, but I think it'll pay dividends. And they lost some guys. Kendrick Nunn, two years, $10 million to the Lakers. Andre Iguodala went to Golden State for one year, $2.6 million. And Trevor Ariza also went to the Lakers for one year, $2.6 million. Not too big losses to me. I think those guys... Kendrick Nunn was okay for a little while there, but Iguodala and Ariza, I think, are mostly done. What do you think? Yeah, those losses weren't big. Um, and they traded Dragic and uh, Precious uh, Achua... Uh, I actually like Precious uh, quite a bit, but not big losses. And so let's get into Miami's death chart. Their starter at point guard, Kyle Lowry. Their shooting guard, Duncan Robinson. Small forward, Jimmy Butler. Power forward, PJ Tucker. Center, Bam Adebayo. Their key backups are Tyler Harrow, Markeith Morris, Dwayne Dedman, KZ Apala, Victor Oladipo when he gets healthy. And Gabe Vincent. What is this team's strengths, Webb? I think it's their defense. I think they're going to be a nightmare to play defensively. I think I think it's uh, the defense as well, especially on the perimeter. Uh, Lowry, Jimmy Butler, P.J. Tucker can lock you down on the perimeter. Um, Bam can play multiple positions. Um, I also think it's their outside shooting. I think it's a very strong shooting team. Uh, Lowry, Duncan Robinson. P.J. Tucker, Tyler Hero, uh, Max Struess, Markeith Morris, all hit the three. Um, you have to stop including P.J. Tucker on guys that hit the three. He doesn't. He doesn't shoot anything. He hit, he can hit the three. He's a three and three guy. He's not high volume, but he can hit it, especially from the corner. Do you know who was the lowest scorer in points per 100 possession last year? No, I don't care either. It's P.J. Tucker. He scored under six points every 100 possessions. You know how terrible that is? That's a very arbitrary stat. I've never really been... What is 100 possessions? It's such an arbitrary number. He averaged four points a game. <laughs> that's what that is. I've 100 never, possessions. I've always found that like 100 possessions, that's such an arbitrary game and a half number. Like, Whatever. Anyway, I don't care. I test. I'm not an analytics guy as much as I am an eye test guy. PJ Tucker, I'm not saying he's 
accurate, but he can hit the three more than I trust him to hit a three more than Oladipo. Honestly, I would game on the line, especially especially on the baseline. I, I would, but I also want to say some of the other strengths I have for them: passing and experience. Lowry uh, has won a championship. Jimmy Butler's been to the finals. PJ Tucker's coming off an NBA championship. Markeith Morris won an NBA championship a couple of years ago. Getting some good experience. Webb is an eye test guy, so I'm going to get him an appointment at Lens Crafters for tomorrow. You need an eye test, Webb. Uh, their weakness. You had it as a strength. I think it's kind of weakness. They're an old team in certain areas. Jimmy Butler has been surprisingly healthy for most of his career, but he's getting older. He's 32 now. Kyle Lowry's 36. PJ Tucker, ancient. I just, I think they're an old team. I'm not sure they stay healthy all, all season. Kyle Lowry's always kind of a little banged up. I just worry about their depth as well. Tyler Harrow was bad last year, and he is a key piece of this team. If he is bad again, it's really going to kill them because he killed them last season. I'll agree with you on that. They put too much reliance on Tyler Hero, who is one of the most overrated players in sports. And I'll say their size. I think they're very undersized still. Um, very undersized. Okay, the over-under for this team is 48.5. It's a big number, Webb. What do you have? Nah, give me the under. This team is going to get hurt. Um, they're going to compete, but they're going to have stretches where they struggle, I think. And I think... Jimmy Butler has logged a lot of minutes over the last couple of seasons. So has Lowry. Um, a lot of wear and tear. And the age, they're going to have to load manage these guys. So give me the under. I'm taking the over, but just barely. I agree with everything you just said. This team won 41 games last year. 40 games last year, sorry. And they were hit by COVID really hard early. I think this is a really strong team. I think Coach Spo is one of the best coaches in the league. I think they can get to 50 wins, or at least 49. I'm taking the over, but just barely. Let's move on to Orlando, Webb. Uh, this is a nightmare. Last year, they went 21-51. and 51. Their coach is Jamal Mosley, first-year guy. They got rid of their coach last year. Uh, I think you predicted that very early, and you were correct. Do you like this signing for the head coach? I honestly don't know. <laughs> That's my answer. I have no idea, one way or the other. Have hope, but not much. I think Orlando is a dumpster fire, and I looking at what they're doing, I'm not sure this coach is, in, is going to be put in a position to, to succeed. Get to the drafts. Round one, pick five, they took Jalen Suggs. Round one, pick eight, they took Franz Wagner. And round two, pick three, they took Jason Preston. Jalen Suggs was a point guard from Gonzaga. Franz Wagner was a shooting guard, small forward from Michigan. Do you like these draft picks, Webb? Uh, both of them, no. I like the Suggs pick, yes. Franz Wagner, no. Uh, I think they had a, a chance to, to do something a little bit more impactful. And uh, so, no. Yes and no. So, everyone said Franz Wagner is a great defender. And I just have some doubts about that. I am not sure he will be a great NBA defender. I, see, I think it's going to be tough for him a little bit. Again, like that just falls into my... My little observation, once analysts start to like a player, they often talk about how good of a defender he is because if they say that he's not a good defender, it just makes players seem like he has a, a glaring weakness. Sorry, I said he was a shooting guard. I said he's actually a power forward. Sorry, Franz Wagner. I got that wrong. Sorry, my mistake. Oh, I didn't even hear you say that. That's fine. You don't pay attention. Let's get to their free agents. They got Robin Lopez, one year, $5 million from Washington. 
and they re-signed Mo Wagner, two years, three point six million. So the Wagner brothers, the Wagner brothers, have been reunited in Orlando. Uh, I don't care about these signings, especially Wagner. Robin Lopez is kind of interesting. He has a few games a year where he's really good, like three a year. He'll put up really good numbers. Then he's kind of forgettable the rest of the season. Yeah, agreed. Just nothing noteworthy is happening here. They lost Otto Porter Jr. to Golden State for one year, $2.3 million. Some people thought he was going to get a really big contract. And he got one year, $2.3 million, Which tells you, don't play basketball in Orlando. So I'm not going to get you paid any money. Sure. Another guy who people were really high on as this 3 and D guy. I need to see it. Like he's been okay in the preseason, but not anywhere near what people expected when he got drafted. Huge disappointment for sure. Okay, their depth chart, a point guard, Cole Anthony, shooting guard, Jalen Suggs, small forward, Terrence Ross, power forward, Chuma Okiki, center, Wendell Carter Jr., and their key backups, Michael Carter-Williams, Gary Harris, Franz Wagner, Mo Bamba, RJ Hampton, Mo Wagner, and Robin Lopez. So some interesting depth there. What do you have as this team's strengths? It's probably the potential to to defend. They have some solid defenders there. Uh, seems not good. They have some solid defenders. Jalen Suggs, uh, Mo Bamba, uh, Gary Harris, allegedly uh, Franz Wagner, <laughs> uh, Jonathan Isaac. So they, this team has the potential to be a team that won't score the basketball, but also won't allow many points to be scored. Um, that's what I have in this strength. Yeah, I have some doubts about this team as well. Uh, for strengths, I wrote down... I like the young guys. Uh, I like some of the players. Wendell Carter, high draft pick. Jalen Suggs, high draft pick. Chuma was a first-round pick. Cole Anthony was a first-round pick. They've got some upside here. But I don't know how they're going to win games. And that's kind of their weakness. Everyone on this team is super young. Like, first-year point... Second-year point guard. First-year shooting guard point guard. Chuma's in his second year. Wendell Carter's in his third year. Mo Bamba's in his third year. Both under what? Like, I just don't like these guys, really. They're so young. So I am not sure how they win basketball games. Yeah, it's kind of interesting what you said. The way I saw it is, so you have a lot of young guys and a lot of high picks. To me, that it's telling that a lot of those high picks are there. You know, like, usually those guys should be spread out when they're all getting dumped on this one team kind of seems like a like a like a a draft pick disappointment graveyard where if you don't if you don't live up to expectations this is where they're going to ship you almost like a like a g league team so i don't know how i feel i I was a huge gary harris fan he played for michigan state i loved him there but he's been a huge disappointment the whole team is full of disappointments that's why they're in orlando yeah yeah (laughs) that's what it is it's a redemption tour basically Except they're not going to be redemptive teams. <laughs> Their over-under is 22.5. It's a real low number. What do you have here, Webb? How many games did Orlando win last year again? Orlando last season won 21 games. They went 21-51. Give me the over. This team didn't get worse. So, I agree with you. I'm taking the slight over just because of Jalen Suggs. I think he has been a winner his whole life. He is going to will this team to 23 wins. But like scratching to the nail, like it's just going to get there. Yeah, like Barely. double overtime on game 82 to get 23 wins. He's going to hit four half-court half, half, half court shot winners. Like that's what he's going to have to do all season. 
It's gonna be bad. And Fultz, Fultz will be back. He got a big contract. When he tore his ACL yeah. back in like March, like this team is destined for failure. It's gonna be tough. <laughs> I think this is the team. If it wasn't for Jalen Suggs, I would watch none of these games. None, not a single one. But for Suggs, I'll tune in a little bit. Let's move on to Washington. Last season, Washington went thirty-four and thirty-eight. They got a new coach. It's Wes Unsell Jr. Big name. Big name. Just like this coach Web. I think his dad is a big name. This this junior, I don't know too much about. Uh, uh, I'll lean more towards no. I think it was more Wes Unsell than his history with the Wizards slash Bullets, whatever. Um, I think it's more of a, a nostalgic sort of uh, paying on. Om- Paying homage to to the guy or his dad. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Uh, I'm rooting for him. I hope he does well. I very little hope. He seems like yeah, hire just for his name. Like, hey, we got something. The uncells are back. It's not good. In the draft, they had one draft pick. They took Corey Kispert, round one, pick thirteen, a small forward from Gonzaga. A guy I really like coming out. I thought he was the best pure shooter in this draft. I could see him having a very, very good career for a long time because he, he can hit open shots. like this pick. Yeah, I like it. thought it was good. And um, he played well. So I he, he fits in really nice outside shooter. I think the Wiz have trying to been doing this, trying to do this for quite some time and just missed on these guys. But I like it. In free agency, they took, they signed, sorry, Spencer Dinwiddie, three years, $54 million from Brooklyn. And Raul Nato, they re-signed him for one year, $2 million. I have always been a huge Dinwiddie fan, and that's because of you. Webb told me about him coming out of Colorado a long time ago. He's like, watch this guy, he's going to be really good. And he was exactly right, because I've always liked Dinwiddie's game. He tore his ACL in college, is that correct, Webb? Yeah, he did. Which is why he fell in the draft. He has had a very good career when he's been healthy, so I like that move. Yeah, I love Dinwiddie. Uh, got a raw deal. Ended up on he ended up on Detroit, and then uh, obviously went to Brooklyn. Um, can't forget the guys that they got from the Lakers. I mean, we could forget them. I I think what they got from the Lakers is solid. Uh, Trez. Shocking, shocking! You thought that was a good deal. Uh, I don't solid. Trez, KCP, Kuz. Um, I think Washington had a solid offseason. Not so, great, but solid. They traded Russell Westbrook and got back Montrez Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. A guy that your general manager of the Lakers said was a godsend. Now easily tradable. A year and a half later. Shocking. He actually said that literally. But yeah. um, It was pathetic. KCP, man, and Kuz... They're dear to my heart. They had some losses. Ishmael Smith, two years, $9 million to Charlotte. Alex Len to Sacramento for two years, $7.6 million. Robin Lopez to Orlando for one year, $5 million. And Sam Decker to Toronto for one year, $1.7 million. So some no- notable losses there, but no one that'll hurt them too badly. Yeah, I mean, Russ broke the triple-double record all-time last year. But, I mean, he would have done that anywhere. He was... Wasn't a Washington thing. Uh, That's a fake record. Whatever. I think it's very impressive, especially someone his size. But um, yeah, not big losses. Let's move on to this team. Shranks go to the the depth chart. At point guard, Spencer Dinwiddie. Shooting guard, Bradley Beal. 
Small forward, KCP. At power forward, Kyle Kuzma. Center, Daniel Gafford. Their key bench guys, Aaron Holiday, Rui Hachimura, Montrez Harrell, Raul Neto, Corey Kispert, and the $80 million man, Davis Bertans. What is this team's strengths, Web? Uh, their ability to score, I would say. Um, so obviously Bradley Beal is one of the best in the league to do it. A walking bucket. But getting now Spencer Dinwiddie, put the ball in the basket. Kyle Kuzma, who was really um, constrained once LeBron came to to uh, the Lakers. And then when AD came, uh, even further, just lost. Uh, Rui Hachimura could score around the basket. Casey Peak and hit from outside, 3 and D guy. Davis Bertans sometimes is a really good three-point shooter. And, and Trez is, is a lot of high energy. I think this team really improved with their scoring. I think that's their their uh, their strength. I heard from some Washington fans, and they said they actually have an NBA team now. So these guys should be on an NBA roster. Whereas last season, they did not have those guys. So that should be an improvement for them. I, I think their strength is the outside shooting, like you said. Bradley Beal is one of the best shooters in basketball. KCP, super reliable shooter. I think Kispert is going to get a lot more run than people think right now on this team. I think he's going to play serious minutes and could be in, be involved in crunch time. I think he is a much more reliable shooter than Kyle Kuzma, but we'll see. You know, Kuzma is not a great shooter. He's, I think he's a great scorer. Great's a little tough. Great, great's a little high. He's an he's a scorer occasionally. No, you got to watch him. Kuz, honestly, if he puts up 22, 23 points a game this year, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe great is a little bit of an exaggeration, but a good scorer. If he puts out 12, I would not be surprised either. Wow. Okay, what is this team's weakness? I think we're going to agree here. Uh, Defense, I'd say one. Two, I'd say the interior. Like, they don't have really much of a presence inside. Rim protection. Rim running. Well, I guess Trez is a rim runner, but like they don't have much protection defensively inside. And yeah, I had interior defense. That was yeah. the key one. They have no big men. Like Daniel Gafford is meh. Trez can't play defense. Like no one that worries you at all. They're going to get eaten alive by big teams. Well, Trez is pretty. He's he's pretty short. Like he's the same height as uh, Lonzo Ball. Another great defender. <laughs> yeah, but Trez can't play defense. Can't put the ball in Trez's hands at all, really, down the stretch. Um, if Bradley Beal is hurt, I think this team is in trouble. Just because Bradley Beal is on so many tiers better, or on so many levels better than the rest of the scorers here. Okay. Their over-under is 34.5. I'm going to go first, Webb. I'm taking the under. I am not sure Bradley Beal is on this team all season. I know that he's steady he's happy right now. But if they're losing a bunch of games, that might change come the trade deadline. So I'm taking the under at 34 and a half. Last year, last season, sorry, they won 34 games. I think they, I think they do a little worse than that this season. Uh, give me the over. I think this team was also rocked by COVID. I think they missed, or they had the most delays and missed games due to COVID to start the season. Um, it's going to be interesting because Bradley Beal is still not vaccinated and Beal's playing for a contract. Maybe not with Washington, but he's going to opt out and he's going to he's going to want a big deal and he'll he'll deserve it. So I think he's going to I think he's going to audition as much as he can and just go crazy this season. Okay, so the final standings I have for this division: Miami at first, Atlanta second, 
Third is Washington. Fourth, Charlotte. Fifth, Orlando. What do you have? Um, I think I had Miami 1, Atlanta 2, Charlotte 3, Washington 4, Orlando 5. Okay, very good. So that ends our division preview for the Southeast Conference. Webb, let's rush over to our NFL picks. The game is in full effect right now on Thursday night. I'll spoil it for the listeners. Philly at Tampa, sorry, Tampa Bay at Philadelphia. Tampa Bay are favored by seven points. We both had Tampa Bay to win and cover. It's almost halftime for this game, so I think we can move right along. Do you agree? I do. Okay. Let's get into the Sunday games. First one, Miami at Jacksonville. Miami are favored by three and a half points. What do you have for this game? Two of them might be back. I have Jacksonville to win and cover. Give me Jacksonville to win and cover as well. Tua or Jacoby Brissett, Trevor Lawrence gets his first win against Miami. He's really getting better. He is getting better. He's a good I I told you how good he was. He's looked bad because Urban Meyer's incompetent. He's going to be a superstar, man. I'm telling you, he's excellent. I love Trevor Lawrence. He's going to haunt me for a decade. It's going to make me furious. I'm going to hate him in four years, but I love him right now. (laughs) Cincinnati at Detroit. Cincinnati are favored by three and a half points on the road. I have Cincinnati to win and cover. Detroit, they're just finding ways to lose games right now. I feel bad for them. But yeah, it's tough. Cincinnati gets it done. Have Cincinnati to win and cover. I might change that to Detroit covering. Because I just... You you kind of put this in my head. Something's got to give, man. These back-to-back-to-back close losses, they're going to have to either win a game or it's going to come down again um, to McPherson actually making the field goal this time. I hope Detroit wins this game and cover. Like, I really do. Joe Burrow is just playing out of his mind. And they have no one to cover Jamar Chase right now. He's playing incredible. Kuda's still not playing, really. It's like, just Detroit, they stop the run really well, and Cincinnati doesn't run the ball. So I just think it's it's a mismatch for Cincinnati. Kansas City at Washington. KC are on the road favorites by six and a half points. What do you got here? I have the Chiefs to win and cover. I think this is how they turn around their season. Although Washington is, is solid, I think it might be close for a bit. I think the Chiefs start their, their winning streak right now. I think the Chiefs win this in a blowout. They're going to win and cover. Taylor Haneke's kind of fallen off a cliff there a little bit. He was really good for a week, and then he's gotten substantially worse each week. I just, I have, Kansas City's defense is bad, but I think that Washington's offense isn't good enough to really scare them. I think this is like a 34-20 kind of game. It's going to blow up. Two touchdowns. Two. Minnesota at right. Did we mention that the the Jacksonville Miami game is uh is uh in London? Oh God, is it? Yeah. Oh, start Eastern. I'm definitely watching it, man. You know you're getting up, Coop. You know you're getting up. That's why you're frustrated because you know you're you're gonna have to wake up at nine thirty Eastern time now. I'm definitely gonna watch that game, and that hurts my feelings. But yeah, okay. Well, Jacksonville is actually that makes me think they're gonna win by more because they're used to this trip. Yeah. They do it every year. The perennial oh. London team. Sean Conn wants to move to move to London. That's what he wants to do. So okay, good good little nugget there. Good job. Minnesota at Carolina. Minnesota on the road are favored by one point. Dalvin Cook is a full participant in practice right now. I had Carolina to win and cover, but I might change this one come Sunday because with Dalvin back, you know what? I am gonna change it. I'm going to have Minnesota to win and cover. 
Dalvin back makes a difference. Yeah, I think I think they got that done. I had Minnesota to win and cover. Didn't matter to me if Matheson or Dalvin Cook played. I think Carolina was fraudulent. I said that from the start. They've lost two in a row. Sam Darnold is good at running the football for a quarterback. <laughs> but I think this team is way overrated. Minnesota gets it done. And it doesn't even need to get to, to one or two points. He is good at running the football for a running back, apparently. It's like six touchdowns or five touchdowns on the year. He's killing it. Yeah, he's killing it. Carolina's defense is really good. I think Minnesota's offense is playing at a really high level right now. The Kirk Cousins is zoned in. With Dalvin back, Justin Jefferson is one of my biggest draft misses ever. Because he looks like one of the best three receivers in football. And I thought he'd be good. I didn't think he was bad or anything like that. But I did not see this coming at all. He's been incredible. And uh, and Minnesota got a steal in that deal. They got they gave away Stephon Diggs. How much worse is Justin Jefferson than Stephon Diggs right now? He's not much. Actually, I'm trying to think. When when that draft happened, didn't we say it was addition by subtraction? Diggs was caus- causing problems in the locker room. He did not want to be there anymore. Yeah. I, but Buffalo gave Diggs a deal when he, when he got there. Justin Jefferson's making probably... Five million bucks a year, and Diggs is making like fifteen. I would take Justin Jefferson in that deal any day of the week. One hundred percent. Justin Jefferson's what? What are you? Twenty two, twenty three? I think he's twenty four. I think he came in a little bit older than most rookies okay. usually do. Uh, and Diggs is only, I think, twenty seven, which I was surprised by. Diggs is incredible. I love Stefan Diggs. This is not a knock on him. This is a pro Diggs podcast. But Justin Jefferson's been incredible, and just yeah, to save that money. You're not. What Diggs gives you isn't much more than what Jefferson's giving you by any stretch of the imagination. Definitely not. Okay, the worst game of the weekend. Houston at Indianapolis. Indy are favored by 10 points at home. Ah, God, I hate this. What do you have here, Webb? I have Indy to win and cover because I think Indy is not a true 1-4 and team, man. They should be at least 2-3. and And Houston's bad. Davis Mills looked really good (laughs) against the Pats. But that's not going to happen two weeks in a row. Davis Mills is going to carve up this indie defense. This indie defense made Lamar Jackson look like Tom Brady in 2005. Like, it's incredible how bad this indie defense is when all they do is spend first-round picks and second-round picks on defensive linemen and cornerbacks. It's a disgrace. Houston for sure covers the 10. I have Indy to win right now, but there's an 85% chance I should change that to Houston. By game time Sunday. Houston gets their first. Yep. Yeah, Houston's getting their first win. That's getting changed right now. They're going to win. Because Carson Wentz is a failure. Indy. The team is going to collapse. There is a chance T.Y. Hilton plays. If Hilton plays Sunday, then Indy for sure wins this game. But if he does not play, Houston gets their first win. That's a guarantee. Damn. Eugene. All right. You're resting it on Eugene. I am done with this Colts team. They have let me down for the last time. I will never believe in them again. They were winning 25-9 to and lost this game. Like, I don't understand how they do it. They find ways to bring me down. I'm not going to let it happen anymore. They're terrible. Yeah. Even worse was that it was 22-3. to Even wider margin. Same game. Just wanted to let you know. Not trying to rub it in. No, of course not. You're a good guy. The LA Rams at the New York Giants. The Rams are favored by 9.5 points on the road. The Giants' whole team is hurt. So I have the Rams to win and cover pretty easily. Yeah, I got the same thing. Like an idiot, I picked up Kadarius Tony in uh, fantasy football, but my team's also 0-5, so uh, 
There's no way to go about it. You could have just stopped when you said like an idiot, because we know fans are ball related. That's all you are. That's <laughs> what you do. Whatever. I'm looking for my first win, man. But yeah, the Rams, the, the, the Giants are, are banged up. No chance. As someone who is two and three in fantasy right now, I can talk a little bit because I'm dominating. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have picked up Tony. <laughs> the LA Chargers at Baltimore. Baltimore at home are favored by three points. I think this is a really good game, Webb. I think this is probably the game of the week. What do you have here? So I have Baltimore to win. Chargers to cover. I think I, I agree with you. I think this is the game of the week. Um, either way, there's a huge statement made. If the Chargers lose, there are questions as to whether they're really as, as good as people thought they were. And if Baltimore loses, I think that shuts the door really on, on Baltimore's playoff hopes. I think even if Baltimore loses, they can make the playoffs because the AFC is so weak. Sorry, that- sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean that they won't make the playoffs. I just mean them actually doing something in the playoffs. That is probably true. Yeah. Uh, I have the Chargers to win and cover. I think they're just a really good team. And I think Justin Herbert might be playing like the best quarterback in football right now. That's how good he's been. I picked him to win MVP, no big deal. But yeah, the Chargers are going to win this game and cover. All right. We will see. Green Bay at Chicago. Green Bay are favored by four and a half points on the road. Aaron Rodgers was asked who Chicago's quarterbacks were, and he could not name them. So good sign going there. What is your prediction for this game, Webb? I think it was the the starter since Aaron Rodgers took over as uh, as starter in Green Bay. I think they asked him to name four since two thousand eight, and he couldn't do it. That's tough. Huh? That's less fun. Oh, yeah. I thought he couldn't name Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. No, no. They asked him, uh, "Who are the? Can you name four Bears starters starting quarterbacks since he took over as as?" starting green bay but um either way i wouldn't fault it uh i have green bay to to win and cover chicago has i think they've only allowed a team to score like 17 points that's like the highest that's gone up on chicago this season so i expect a really gritty smash mouth kind of football uh in this game i don't think it's going to be a runaway with green bay i might change that to chicago covering i could definitely see this coming down to mason crosby again you said that on the last show as well and it's not been true i think the rams scored 34 on you week one in chicago did i see it yeah the rams got 34 week one in chicago against the bears right 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 okay since then (laughs) since then uh the browns also scored 26 on the bears yeah they won they beat the Bears wow. twenty six to six. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about then. Yeah, I let it go. I let it go last week, and I was like, maybe he'll forget. <laughs> no, you should definitely interrupt me so I don't do it every week. Uh, <laughs> why don't I remember the Browns put up twenty six on the Bears? Oh, that's when they beat them down. Jesus, you're right. Okay, sorry about that. It's okay. Why do I remember the Bears being so good? Because they won a few games nicely, but they won't win oh. this one because Green Bay is going to win and cover. I think Justin Fields is going to look like a rookie this week. Aaron Rodgers is going to dominate. He beat these Bears, this Bears team pretty easily, usually. I think this is not a very close game. The Green Bay defense shows up. Yeah. Apparently, the Bears are not the top defensive team in football. So, <laughs> I'm going to stick with Green Bay covering and winning, obviously. So. Good choice. Arizona at Cleveland. Cleveland are favored at home by three points. This is a really good game, too. 
and I have Arizona to win and cover. I, I, I don't believe in this Cleveland team like everybody else does. I think Kyler Murray's playing out of his mind right now, and I think he gets this done in Cleveland. My brain tells me Arizona. My heart tells me Cleveland. I think Cleveland's going to run all over Arizona, but honestly, I think Arizona can do just about anything to Cleveland. Uh, they don't have a great running game at all, unless it's on, on the goal line. But I have Cleveland to win and cover. For no reason at all, huh? They're just believing in Cleveland for some reason? I just... Arizona to go 6-0, and man? I mean, that'd be wild. Uh, I just... Something about this Arizona team, I don't think they're as good as, uh, as advertised. I think they're good. I think they're definitely a playoff team. But six and zero with no running game—it's just—it's just unbelievable to me. So, Cleveland to win and cover—I'm probably wrong, but I'm going to go with Cleveland. Don't you have Chase Edmonds and uh, Jonathan? What's his last name on your team? Connor. John Connor. Yeah, that's right. James Connor—that's what his name is. Sorry, my fault. They're so forgettable. Don't you own both those guys in fantasy still? <laughs> like that one? Uh, huh? That was for you. <laughs> I do. I think I've played. I don't think I've ever started James Conner, but I've started Chase Edmonds uh, all the weeks that he was bad, and benched him the one week when he was good against my Rams. Yeah, sounds like a web move. Okay, the, the Las Vegas Raiders are at Denver. Denver are favored by three and a half points. The Raiders have went through a lot this week, getting rid of John Gruden forever. I think this is like a redemption game for the Raiders, where they play really hard for their new coach. So give me the Raiders to win and cover this game. Denver has not shown me anything this year, really, that makes you think they're they're better than the Raiders. I think the Raiders win this game. I think you persuaded me to change one of my picks. So I have Denver to win, but give me the Chargers to cover. I think that... Um, the Raiders yeah, to cover? Did I said the Chargers? Jesus. You're dead. The Raiders to cover. Wow, not my night tonight. <laughs> Denver to win, Raiders to cover. I think you're right. What happened with Gruden and getting him out, getting him out, uh, could inspire the team, uh, get that cloud from over them. I think Denver's a solid defensive team. Um, and I don't think the Raiders are that. I think the Raiders kind of hit a wall. I'm out on them, man. Give me, give me Denver to win. And we should be noted, uh, Carl Nassib, the only openly gay NFL player, plays for the Raiders, and apparently he took a personal day away from the team to get his mind right after all the Gruden stuff came out. So hopefully he's doing okay there, and he can return to work and play well. Play well this week. Yeah, he did. I think it was reported that he returned. Since. Yeah, I'm just saying he took a day off and. Uh, oh right, right, like yeah, deserved because that was right. messed up. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. Okay, the last Sunday at four game, Dallas at the New England Patriots. Dallas are favored by three and a half points on road, on the road. New England almost lost to Houston last week and really should have lost that game. Give me Dallas to win and cover. This New England offense is bad, and the defense, I think, is overrated. So I think Dallas blows this team out. Yeah, everything is telling me what you said, that Dallas is going to just steamroll this team. Their defense actually isn't bad, actually. So with New England's offense being bad, should be very easy for Dallas. But something's telling me that three and a half is just too much to win by for this Dallas team on the road in Foxborough. So give me New England to cover Dallas to win. Dan Quinn is doing a great job as the defensive coordinator in Dallas. He was a bad head coach. He was an okay head coach. But he is a good defensive coordinator. So good for you, Dan Quinn. You will get a head coaching job in a year and a half, and you will fail there as well. Oh, yeah. 27 to 28 to 3. Seattle. Is, 
Is he Jacksonville's next coach? Wasn't he already Jacksonville's coach? No, that was uh no. Dan Quinn was he was a Seattle defensive coordinator and then he went to to Atlanta. I thought he went to Jacksonville after that. No, that was another. It was Doug Marone in Jacksonville, and it was uh, I don't think it was Dan Quinn. It was another defensive minded guy. Maybe it just feels like he's been Jacksonville's coach to me, but I'll, I'll double I, check. I don't think he will be Jacksonville's next coach, but he will be someone's coach, and he'll do a bad job there for sure. See, so yeah, I I have no faith in him being a head coach. You lose twenty eight to three, your players are never going to respect you ever again. That's done. Okay, the Sunday night game. Seattle at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh are favored by five points. Russell Wilson is out for this game. Geno Smith will be starting at quarterback for Seattle. What do you have here, Webb? Uh, just a, as an aside, it was not Dan Quinn, but you were close. It was Gus Bradley who was in Jacksonville. Basically knew, Dan Quinn. It was one of those <laughs> Seattle guys. I knew it was one of yeah, them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically Gus Bradley. Basically Dan Quinn. Um, like Gus Bradley so. is almost the same person as Dan Quinn. That's 100% correct. Yeah. I'm mad you corrected me. That's how close that is. <laughs> <laughs> I should have let it slide. It was really close. It was splitting hairs. Um, Pittsburgh and Seattle, huh? First game, rest misses. Wow, this is historic and sad. Um, I have Pittsburgh to win and cover because I think Seattle is really bad without Russ. I think Geno Smith looked pretty good as Seattle's quarterback. I, I always kind of liked him at West Virginia. I think he got a raw deal with the Jets because they're so just terrible. I think he is an he is an NFL quarterback. Maybe not a starter, but he should be in the league. I think he proves it. So Seattle covers the five, but Pittsburgh wins. I think this is like a nineteen to sixteen kind of game. It's gonna be a close game. But Pittsburgh ekes out the victory at the end. Go Geno Smith. Pittsburgh's put up twenty seven points on Denver last week, so Seattle's even worse defense. I yeah, I just I think I think they run away with it. But it'll be interesting. Terrible Sunday night game. Really bad. Really bad. The Monday night game. Buffalo at Tennessee. Buffalo on the raid are favored by five and a half points. What do you have here, Webb? In an upset, Tennessee wins and covers this game, defying all logic. Wait, you have Tennessee losing to the Jets and then beating Buffalo? One hundred percent. Alright, that's an easy win for me. Give me Buffalo to win and cover this game in a blowout. I think this is like a 41 to 21 kind of game. This will yeah. not be close. It's going to be high scoring, that's for sure, because Tennessee, their defense is not great. As good as Buffalo's defense has been, I don't think they stopped Derrick Henry. I'm assuming all the receivers are coming back for Tennessee. Julio, Julio Jones will play this week, apparently. Okay. But he will so leave I'm... in the second quarter with a calf injury, 100%. That is very likely. Give me Tennessee to win and cover. I just don't like that five and a half. Buffalo on the road. You know Tennessee starts slow. They're making the playoffs. They're, they're bad right now, but they're they're a really late-blooming team. Uh, Buffalo is... They're good, man, but I think they're a little fraudulent, too. They beat up on some bad teams. Houston, Miami, shut them out. Yeah, Buffalo know. beat up Kansas City, but Ryan Tannehill's going to get it done for sure. It happens, though. It happens. Okay. I guess we'll see. I guess it'll be we'll a good see. game. It'll be a good game. It will game. not. Josh Allen's <laughs> gonna lose his mind again. I'm gonna play this clip for Josh Allen, and he's gonna do like he's gonna do the worm in the end zone saying your name. Like it's gonna get really embarrassing for you. The only thing that concerns me is if Tennessee is up late, Buffalo has driving down the field, final possession. I don't see how Tennessee stops Buffalo. That's my concern. Buffalo goes into halftime winning twenty one to three. 
So get ready for that. No way. No way. It's, it's coming. Just get ready for it. Derek Henry's going to put on a show. 150 yards. Probably almost a replica of last week. 150 yards, like two, three touchdowns. Okay. I guess we'll see very soon. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> and the teams on bye this week are Atlanta, New Orleans, San Francisco, and the New York Jets. The one in four Jets who beat the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> Everybody, please go follow us on Twitter at Rookie Phenoms. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcast. Really appreciate it. Anything to add before we get out of here, Web? Yeah, hockey's back. It's been great. Ooh. Basketball starts next week. Uh, can't wait, man. It's gonna be fantastic. Sports. It's gonna be wild. Um, can't wait, man. I'm looking forward to it as well. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great night. Damn, Leafs lost to Ottawa. We out.